You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode, I believe this is episode 18 of Heart and Soul. Um, I did a, I did a few like clump together and I can't remember what number is which, but <laughs> regardless, we are here. Um, and we are ready to talk with our amazing guest today, Kyra. Thanks for joining us today, Kyra. Thank you for having me. Um, by the way, this is season three, so we've had quite a few episodes. This is probably <laughs> actually, I always feel silly when we say like, oh, this is 18. It's like episode like, 125 or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've been doing this for a while now. So anyway. How long have y'all been doing this? Since January 2019, I think, is when we started it. So this is our third year. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we were just joking before we started recording. We came across Kyra because she was on our friend Allie's podcast, who Allie was on season two, right? I think she was on an episode when I was on maternity leave and then Allie and I connected and now she's my business coach. And then she had Kyra on her podcast and I listened and I was like, Ooh, we need to have Kyra on ours because she is freaking awesome. So thank you for being here. Why don't you give our listeners just kind of the rundown of who you are and what you do, what got you to where you are today? Don't be afraid to just like go off and tell your whole your whole story. <laughs> hey y'all, we are going to take a quick break to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors. If you've been following us for a while, then you know that health is important to us and not just health on the outside, but health on the inside. And we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something that we take every day which is why we love Ritual. Ritual is a clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin that helps fill in the gaps in your diet that you're not getting from foods every day. It's a really fresh taste with a delayed release capsule. The fresh taste is probably one of my favorite parts. It's actually got this minty, fresh um, feel after a vitamin. And usually when you take vitamins, it kind of like tastes a little ratchet or it leaves your stomach feeling funny, not with Ritual. I love Ritual because of that and because it's delivered to my door every 30 days and I do not have to worry about it. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms that your body can actually use so that you can fill in those gaps that we talked about. No shady extras and that's what Ritual is all about. And they are giving our listeners a very special deal today. Just by listening to this podcast, you will get 10% off during your first three months. All you have to do is go to ritual.com backslash soul. That's S-O-L-E. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com backslash soul to start your ritual today. Well, it started in the 90s. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it, it's such a pleasure to be on. I guess I'm still dealing with like the people want to hear your story kind of thing. Yeah. So, especially while you're in your story, which obviously we're alive, we're in our story. Um, but yeah, so my name is Kyra 
And I own a clothing brand called Resilient Grace, which tells the untold stories of African-American women that we didn't learn about in history class. And super blessed because I also own another business with my family that's called Black Kidstory. And it is actually a Black History subscription box for kids. So, so cool. That is, I have chills. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. That's so cool. What a way to educate kids. Thank you. Like, I, I don't, I'm still like in awe of the fact that like now my career is helping people understand Black history. Yeah, that's amazing. You should be really proud of that. That's just really, really cool. Thank you. It's totally God. Like, it's completely him. I never thought that it was going to be something, like, that could sustain me or anything like that. But it's been really fun. Like, I'm really enjoying the ride. Um, I grew up, well, I live in Houston, in the suburbs of Houston, and I pretty much lived the same place my whole life. Um, And as I was growing up, I didn't realize this was like an experience that I was having that other people weren't having until like literally like last year. Like that's the crazy part. So I, like most people didn't get a lot of black history growing up in school. Actually, I know I learned about Martin Luther King, but I can't tell you exactly when. Like, (laughs) I can't tell you like the exact class that we learned about him. And the reason why I can't tell you is because my parents, like I learned a lot at home. And it wasn't like sit down and you have to like write this essay or learn this. It was more so my dad was a reader. My mom was watching documentaries, those kinds of things. And they really stuck and they weren't even forcing me to watch them with them, but they were really doing the thing where they wanted to make sure that I um, had role models of people who look like me and that I knew where I came from. And I think uh, when, as I look back on it, a lot of it was so intentional. I went to um, a private school, like when I first started school, it was predominantly African-American. And even there, um, they, I remember they had like Heroes Day or something like that. And my mom had me dress up as Ruby Bridges, who was the first, um, she was one of the first kids to integrate an all white school. And so I knew that really early. I remember watching the Disney Ruby Bridges movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus now. So different. It was like seeds that were sown. And I think I just kind of took like a natural like love of history just in general. Um, I knew a whole lot uh, in elementary and middle school. And I think the purpose moment for me, which now I know was a purpose moment, was I was in my eighth grade U.S. history class. And I knew all the states and capitals and I knew like all the United States history and all of that. And I remembered asking my teacher, hey, like, when are we going to talk about like black history? And Mm -hmm. she told me that we wouldn't. And she also said, maybe we'll talk about the slaves later. And yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so, you know, and at the time, like all the kids just started laughing, like it was like a thing. And I didn't realize like why I was so upset. I mean, obviously you would be upset because that's something horrible. And honestly, she, the crazy thing was she was a nice teacher. So, you know, like it wasn't like she was like this angry woman who said this, but I realized that it was a purpose moment for me because God was calling me to do that one day. And I didn't know, like at the time, and why I felt so passionate, what um, me and a friend, we call it holy discontent, um, 
why am I so upset with this? Like, why do I feel like this needs to change? And it's because you're the one who's called to change it. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward, you know, finish school, all of that. This is not something I'm thinking about. Like resilient grace is not in the air at all. Like we're not thinking about this at all. Like I just go through school and through life. And like I said, because I learned so much with my family and all of that, it wasn't like this big thing that I noticed all the time. And then I went to college and uh, I went to college originally with a theology major. I actually wanted to be a pastor and ended up hating my theology classes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and there were people who just like ate it up and loved it. And I was just like, mm, don't really like this. And then there was like a lot of like disagreements and like I was trying to figure out what was going on and it was too much. And so I ended up switching my major to history, but my thing was I didn't want to teach. And it was like a huge thing for me because my mom actually just retired from teaching a couple of years ago and she taught for like 39 years. So I knew like teaching is if you, if you're going to teach, you need to love what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. So it's not some, it's not that, that quote that says those, if you can't figure out what to do, then you teach that is not the case. Like any job that gives you summers off is a hard job. Um, yes. <laughs> you need yep. that time to recruit. And then you also, we all have like, and this is my mom for so many kids. We all have that one teacher in our life who like changed our lives. Um, I think the, the perfect way to describe he or she is that they saw us. Like mm-hmm. they saw a gift that we had. They saw something, they nurtured it. And they, you know, all that. And that's the kind of um, teacher we want our kids to have, all of that. I was not confident that I was going to be that teacher because I didn't feel like I was supposed to teach and any purpose, anything you do. Like, I feel like you need to feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is where I'm supposed to be. And at the time, you know, me having not been me loving black history the way that I did and having not learned any of it in school, it just would have felt really weird to go and teach and have to leave such big parts out. Um, and I know you can integrate some different things, but like, I just didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. And I struggled with that for a really long time because I, um, so when I changed my major to history, sorry, let me backtrack. So I didn't, I took a history class by a teacher. He was supposed to be really, really hard. I ended up taking the class as like a challenge and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I love this. And he ended up convincing me to change my major to history. And I was asking him like, you know, what could I do with a history degree if I'm not going to teach? And he told me, he said, this degree will teach you how to think. And if you learn how to think, you can do whatever you want to do. And mm. I'm like, okay, like I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> that is awesome that someone actually told you that in college, because mm-hmm. I feel like when I was there, at least from my perspective, it was like, there was no options like the way that the world is now with careers and um, how you can basically like make your own didn't feel like it existed. It was just like, Oh, you go to school for this. And then you go into this list of careers. Like I remember having one of our one entire class one time, I was an exercise science major. One entire lecture was like, here are all the things you could do with an exercise science degree was a photographer and podcaster and educator and all that and a doula on there no but like here I am you know seven years later so 
that's awesome that a teacher actually said to you like this like this is going to enrich your life even if you never like touch a history book again you know right that's where I also think like I wrote down what I sorry it was like writing while you were talking but that holy discontent I love because I think that throughout life, throughout our lives, God gives us little whispers or nudges towards things that stir us up. And you don't necessarily need to know when you graduate college for our listeners who are in college, exactly what you want to do because God's still molding your passions in your heart to maybe create something that hasn't been done yet. Like what you're doing, you know, and it's okay. If you don't know what it is yet, just like, keep that, keep that holy discontent, like keep your ears open to that and figure out what that is. Yeah. I love that terminology too. I've never heard that before, but that's so good because I've, I've been there. I feel like a lot of us have felt that. And, you know, I don't think you like every single career is, something that everyone is so passionate about, you know, like, this is my purpose, but different people are definitely in careers for different reasons. But I do think if you have that on your, that like feeling of discontent on your heart, it's not about like, I'm not making enough money or, you know, whatever. It's usually for a very specific purpose-driven reason that you should listen to. So. Yeah. And I, my, I also want to give like my friend, like she coined that term, Gigi. So she was, <laughs> shout out, Gigi. Out, Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> I got that part, but yeah, it's definitely. And like you said, for our listeners in college, like the crazy thing is like, God is going to use it all. Mm-hmm. So like all of the, like, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. All of the, like, I'll just jump in, but I'm not sure. Like, all of those things get used. And like I said, he told me that. And I think the reason why he was able to tell me that is because he had started off, I think his uh, bachelor's degree might've been in photography. That's so funny. Yeah. And so I was a photographer at that time. And so he, he would, when we would have our like meetings, he would ask me, so how's the photography going? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And you know, like I'm saying, like, he's my, my history um advisor and so I think that um like what Jordan Lee Dooley talks about all the time that multi-passionate thing like I think the best thing is to get around other people who are like that um who are doing different things so that you don't feel the stress of like well if I'm not this I can't be all of these things mm-hmm. um and so he and I, I actually now that I'm thinking of this I really need to like email him and tell him I've been telling this story in podcasts but yes. <laughs> That would make his day. It really would. Does he know about your business? He doesn't actually, which is. Oh my gosh. You need to tell him. Yeah. I'm going to email him and just let him know. But yeah, definitely uh, change my life with something so simple. It wasn't like, you know, I was talking to him every single day or anything like that, but just like made me think bigger. And so when I graduated from college, I did have like a good two year season of just like, I don't know what I want to do or what I'm supposed to do or any of those things. But all during that time, I was, God was just like training me, like in different ways. I worked at anthropology for a little while and I love (laughs) anthropology. (laughs) Like, do you know anyone who's just like, I don't like anthropology. It's like literally my dream store. I love uh, it too. 
<laughs> I wish we had one here. We do. But then I also am thankful for my bank account that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> that That is true, too. Yeah, it was hard to work there, like really hard because of those reasons. But yes. Yeah, I worked there um, probably for about a year. And during that time, I had like met a girl at church who was a therapist. And I was taking pictures like on and off. And so she was just like, hey, like I met her in a life group. She's like, hey, would you mind taking my pictures? Like she just moved to Houston, all that. And I was like, sure. So I go to her office and I take her pictures. And she was just like, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel. Um, do you do you do videography? And so I'm like, yeah, I do videography. I didn't do videography. Okay? Like, <laughs> I had not done it. I didn't know anything about it. So came home. Um, purchased some lights, watched some YouTube and some Skillshare videos, and then, you know, started doing her videos. And it was shaky, you know, but we got in there and I was able to do that for her a few times. And during this time where I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, like I'm serving at church and I'm working in the youth ministry because I had always had like a heart for like teenage girls. And so went in order to get into the youth ministry, you had to be like volunteer interviewed or whatever. So got interviewed by this lady. It was awesome. Started volunteering. And um, I was going to young adults at the time. And so they asked me to lead a life group there. And I was like, sure, I have time. I'll lead a life group. So (laughs) I was in an all-girls life group with um, another girl they had partnered me with. Because during the time you had to go through like life group university, which was like, I think like a month or so of like classes. And then they match you with someone who like matches your skills and they think you do well with. And so they ended up matching me with the person who um, actually ended up being the way that I got my job job after college. (laughs) She was leaving her job um, because she was getting hired at the church. And um, she was like, yeah, I just, I think you'd be a good fit. And I know you've been looking and I was like, oh, awesome. So what do you do? And she was just like, well, I do videography. And photography and working for the school district. And um, yeah, I think you'd be great for it. And I'm like, okay, awesome. So I go in to pretty much interview. And I think I actually, I think I found out before. So I'm interviewing for this job. And guess who her boss is? The lady who interviewed me to volunteer at youth. Oh my goodness. All these connections. Yeah, so I go into like this job because I've been leading. There's another girl actually who is uh, my life group co-leader sister. She already works there too. And so I pretty much go into this office where there are seven people and I already know half of them because I volunteer with them from church. Which is good for interviewing for a job. (laughs) So like there were so many people who could vouch for me and it was insane. So I get this job. Like, I kind of understand video. I kind of understand photography. I know nothing about, like, graphics, marketing, all of those things. But they were things I was curious about. Um, And so I learned all this stuff. And then the same year I got my job was the year that Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. Mm. And so around that time, like, when the hurricane hit, of course, we weren't working for a little while as things were, like, getting back together. And then, like, I ended up getting a break from like if you were in a disaster area which we were completely fine thank god um and but because of the area we were in they just like gave us like this break on our student loans I don't know why but it was like a gift from heaven for me Mm -hmm. because (laughs) 
I started thinking, I was like, okay, like, how could I invest this, like, extra money this month? And I was like, well, I'll take a class. Like, and at the time, I'm, now that I have this job, I know that this isn't going to be the forever thing. But like, God, what do I really want to do? Like, what's the big dream? And so I had always had an interest in fashion. Like, I don't, I hadn't done anything with it, but I had always had an interest in it. And uh, I, growing up when I was a kid, I always knew I would have to do something creative. I'm an Enneagram 7. Like, I, I have to be in creative things. I was, my biggest fear was going into like corporate America. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and like putting on a suit every day and like that kind of thing. And so, oh, it stresses me out just thinking about it. But yeah, so I decided to take a fashion class. I couldn't take the one I wanted because it didn't go with my work schedule, but I took like an intro to fashion. I didn't even know if it was going to be helpful, honestly. It was just taking a step. Um, to see if I'm interested, T.D. Jakes, the pastor, says that um, our, he's like my favorite. He's probably mm-hmm. the only pastor where like consistently like there's yeah. always been a word in every season of my life. But he talks about our 20s and I, he says our 20s, but I think this can be any season of your life. But they are for throwing whatever you can at the wall to see what sticks. And yeah. so I wanted to just put my foot in something to see if I even liked it like and so I just took this class and it ended up being this class where we went to businesses fashion businesses all across Houston so the class was in different places like every week and we got to meet small business owners um, and ask them questions about like what they do and how they got started and things like that and so I was like oh wow like this is really cool like I'd really like to do this And my teacher at the time, she had a t-shirt line. Well, she had a boutique, an online boutique. And she started noticing that her t-shirts were doing so well that she was trying to kind of sell off like her clothes stuff, like her wholesale things. And she was Nigerian and she was selling shirts that were specific, like someone Nigerian or like first generation American would understand it. And they were doing really well for her. And so at the time I was thinking, oh, I'll start a clothing line, but I tell her this and she kind of tells me about her business. And I was like, oh, t-shirts, like everyone's doing t-shirts. Like, I don't want (laughs) to do that. And, but then I thought like, if I was going to do a t-shirt, like what would it be? And I think the year before I had done, just gotten a t-shirt made just for myself because the day Rosa Parks sat on the bus is actually my birthday. Wow yeah so I that just is cool isn't it like I don't That's know why cool. I found this out later in life but <laughs> what was that day I don't know it well I mean what, December, what's the date it's December 1st 1955 I believe but yeah so December 1st is my birthday and I just got a shirt mate um and I think this is like my first year out of college and I was just you know I've always been attracted to Rosa Parks story because she literally got on a bus and like that no change history Mm -hmm. but she's an ordinary woman like it's just you know any of us could have gotten on a bus and I do believe it was a divine thing where she felt like I don't feel like I'm supposed to get up this time and so that could be any like I said I feel like that could be any of us but I had gotten just this shirt made I didn't get like a lot of buzz on it or anything but I loved it and it meant something to me and so I just wanted to kind of connect my love for history and fashion and so I was just like maybe I'll just start 
a few, you know, do like a few t-shirts and just see. And I think what was really at this time, like really, really inspiring me was uh, my love for history also includes a love for genealogy. Mm-hmm. And I, I have one grandmother still alive, which praise God, and I'm so thankful for. But I had one that passed away when I was six. And then my um, mom's mother was, I mean, grandmother was like a big part of her life. And so I'm sure as you know, in your family, when people talk about you know, your grandparents are like someone in your family who really made them feel special or who had been through a lot, but that they still provided and made sure that you had like a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as I was learning more of those stories, I got to, so my grandma, my mom's from a small town, actually not too far from Dallas. Um, What's it called? <laughs> it's called Sulphur Springs. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. So I think it's about an hour out. That's where they would shop and stuff as kids. They would go to Dallas. But yeah, so I got to spend like some time in the summer, like at the genealogical library there, just like a small thing and just learning more about them. Like I got to, I'm really blessed that I still, like my grandmother still lives in my great grandparents' home and I get to do like Bible study on her porch and things like that. And I just felt super connected And the more that I learned about their stories, I just realized that, you know, I wanted to honor them in some kind of way. And so with Resilient Grace, the name Resilient was inspired by them. Mm. And so in the the dreams that I feel like were deferred because of the time that they grew up in and because they had sacrificed so much to raise siblings and their kids and all of those things. And when I started thinking about who I would want to feature on a t-shirt, like I can't sell a t-shirt with my grandmother's face on it, even though I think it would do well. She's fabulous, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy it. Right. But what I could do was looking at myself as a woman and as a black woman and seeing how often our stories were just not told. Um, Even if we had gotten hit black history in class we probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of black woman history because we don't get a lot of woman history anyway like his story h-i-s it's a lot of his in our history books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so and then the woman the women who are told most of the time it's the first lady or like it's the wife or that kind of thing and so we're just kind of coming into this whole like girl power era and so I wanted to think about how I could share stories of women who I felt like needed to be told and literally like first resilient grace product product of my grandmother's prayers mm. and so I didn't have to put her face on there but I could say like I'm doing this because of what they sacrificed and because they kept pushing through and literally from there product of my grandmother's prayers the other uh first resilient grace product was a stay resilient shirt um it's actually the one me and Allie talked about but it's a girl who is literally trying to, it's Elizabeth Eckford, and she's trying to walk into school. Her and eight other students, they're called the Little Rock Nine. They're some of the first to integrate in all white high school. And as she's walking, there's this angry mob behind her. And that picture, a lot of people don't like to talk about, don't like to look at. It's not, you don't see it in our books a lot. But I think it's because people focus on the mob. <laughs> And they don't want to bring up like an ugly past, but like I focus on her Mm -hmm. and the fact that this is a kid who is scared and shy and probably would have rather this be anybody else but her, but she's pushing past like all of these difficulties 
into what we now know as our schools that are fully integrated. Like now it's not weird to have like different races and stuff in our schools. It's actually weird if you don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's because of someone like her. And I struggled a little bit. I'm like, are people going to get this? Like, are they going to really understand? Most of us didn't even like our history classes. So <laughs> now I'm going to say, here, here's a t-shirt, wear this and it'll be great. But I realized that these stories are inspirational for all women, not just Black women, and that we all need to be reminded, um, first of all, to be resilient. Mm-hmm. But second of all, that like these stories matter. Yeah. Um, we all have some celebrity or whoever like is your favorite person in life. It's because of something they endured and they came out on top of it. Yeah. And something about that inspires us and reminds us that we can do it too. Yeah. And so Resilient Grace, every shirt features a woman in history who refused to give up. And they all come with like a little secret message in them. They each come with like these who's that girl cards. And that's to remind you that you shouldn't give up either. It's like the song too. Who's that girl? I know. I love when people post stuff and they put that song on the story. It just makes my day. Yes. Really, I'm trying to make this like cool history. It is cool. I'm like really, I'm like really i'm i'm vibing with this theme because what i what i thought about first well first resilient has been like my one word for the last year so i just love that that's part of your um business name and also the stories that you tell but second you know when someone has like a tattoo and you're like what does that tattoo mean like it's immediate story it's an immediate like transfer of souls um coming together that's kind of what your t-shirts do it's like they might see this person on a t-shirt and be like, I don't know who that is. What, who is that? And it just creates conversation mm-hmm. and not, and not just any conversation, like transformative conversation. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I love that you like with that first shirt that you were talking about, that you kind of are just shifting their perspective around it a little bit and showing like the purpose of um, bringing it to the forefront. Cause like you said, yeah, those those types of images ordinarily people might have strayed away from because they're hard to look at. Right. Like today we're like, we cannot even fathom that that happened. We don't want to fathom that that happened, but like you said, it's, it matters. That story matters. Her resilience matters. And that's what got us to the, the place that we're in today to now look at that and think, how did that even happen? You know? So that's just such a powerful tool. And like Catherine said, I mean, the way that you can start those conversations is I'm sure everything when it comes to like, I mean, how do you know, like how many different States or countries you've sold to? No, but it's so funny. You've, you said that, um, God has been really putting it on my heart to get a scratch map yeah (laughs) to scratch out where they they have gone so many places and I just also want to say like I started resilient grace in 2018 and literally Allie started coaching me in October and I have owned like now I'm seeing like growth but um last year with everything that happened and everything that's still happening because I don't like to call 2020 like the year injustice happened like it's it's continuing 
yeah, it's the year that unfortunately, like a lot of us woke up. Yeah. Um, and but it's not the year that it started. But when it did start, a lot of people started reaching out to me and just asking. And at this time, like I'm not really selling anything because, like, very long story short, the first two years of Resilient Grace, um, I was working <laughs> and trying to build it, and then I. God asked me to do this internship that was 10 months long and consumed like all of my time. I was having like 14 hour days and it was just, it was tough, but so like, I look back on that and I just smile because he was just like moving all around it. It was a ton of fun, but I didn't like resilient grace came last Mm -hmm. honestly. And it took the pandemic for me to sit down and think, okay, like how can I restructure it? And with everything that happened last year, it made me think, it reminded me that it mattered. Yeah. (laughs) And that I needed to put the time into it. But when people started reaching out, it was because something so horrible had happened and we couldn't fathom how we got there. And it wasn't necessarily completely our fault because like I said, it was left out of our history books. Yeah. So all we knew was that Dr. King had a dream. And we thought we were living in it. So we didn't think that there was much else we needed to do because like, look at how much everything has changed. Look at how diverse we are and like all of those things. And I also want to say a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some yeah. great things have happened, but it doesn't mean that we don't still have work to do and that there aren't still improvements that need to be made. And so like with the shirts, I realized this is a place people can start yeah like they could simply just start and like you said like that was my prayer that it's a cool shirt somebody sees it on and says wait who's that yeah Yeah. (laughs) like who's she and the coolest thing I think is um when I get to talk to people who are like I had no idea who she was why don't I know who she is (laughs) like (laughs) exactly and that's the point that's it we need like we need systems in place that teach, especially younger generations, who these people are. Yeah. And so you're, not- you're providing that. And that's amazing. Well, thank you. But like I said, we're not going back to school. Like nobody wants to, like when people say, where can I start? Do I have it here? Well, no one can see me anyway. When people ask, where can I start? Like to learn more black history, I always say kids books. <laughs> yeah. Like start with children's books because you need to find someone you're interested in before you just pick up a whole book and try to force yourself to read it. You don't have to change completely who you are. What are you interested in? Um, Currently at Resilient Grace, so every Wednesday I dress up as a woman from history. It's really crazy. Um, I I was going to say, I love your posts every week where she like, you like mimic these black and white photos I'm like gosh that is such a good idea and also I don't know how you have the time to do all that I don't really if I could be honest with you Chelsea I don't really know either Um, (laughs) or the costumes I feel like costume wise you are probably running low I mean that's a lot of clothing it's starting to get shaky but what I will say is I made the rule when I first started that I would not buy anything because I know myself and I would just be out like I can't have a closet full of costumes like I just can't and (laughs) it's not cost effective or anything like that but the first time I did it 
I was like, people aren't going to get this. And now it's become like the most, like, I guess I feel like why people follow me, like, oh, she's going to do this Wednesday. Yes. And, but that for me, that's learning for me. I don't always know these women either. I just did. I think this week is like 30 woman number 32 or 31 or something like that. But I've been categorizing them. I never run out of women. Like I'm never like, oh, who's, who am I going to do next? So before I was just doing the people I was really excited to tell. Now I am doing them in categories. And this month I'm doing black women in fashion. And cool. I'm obsessed. I'm pretty sure it's going to go through May because it's just too much. Like there's yeah. too much. I started off with just black models. And now like, here's a little, a little, I guess, a sneak peek. So tomorrow I am doing um, the first woman who was kind of recognized as a fashion designer. And she designed Jacqueline Kennedy's wedding dress. Oh my gosh. That's no big deal. (laughs) I got emotional reading her story. Wow. It was for me, the, why didn't we know? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I, and as you just said that, and I think as I saw, as you posted this month is going to be women in fashion. I was like, I feel like I don't even, I can't think of like any designers or like women in history that I've heard of. Why is that? (laughs) It's, it's like, it's, it's like a weird universe where it's just like this big chunk has been completely left out. And I always, when people ask me like, you know, what inspired you to start Resilient Grace and that, I don't have like a super cool story. God gave me a passion, like to tell this and I want to do it but if I had to say I don't even know if I had resilient grace at this time but if I had to say the moment when I realized how important it was my mom had taken me to a Cinderella pop show it was like Cinderella but they do all pop music Um, (laughs) for my birthday a few years ago and I was so excited about it then I got there and adults were there too but there were people were bringing like their kids in I was like oh I guess that makes sense but they were bringing their kids in they had this little section um where they were doing like little girls hair like princesses (laughs) for the show and I looked over there and I immediately like and I'm not gonna cry on here but I immediately got emotional because I said oh my god if a little black girl shows up here, there's not going to be anyone to do her hair. Mm. Mm. And when I think about resilient grace, like if I don't, if we don't tell these stories, if we don't start getting them like in our kids' hearts and in their minds, like I don't feel like they're going to have to worry about like diversity as much <laughs> because it's going to be like, well, duh, like that's yeah. Beth Coleman. She's the first pilot. Like, and I, I think it's been cool with Black History. That's what we get to see with the kids who use the boxes. Like they connect different things. For example, my cousins are subscribers. And when we had the winter storm here in Houston, they were able to connect an Arctic explorer who we did for Black History to the winter storm. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. What a like That's adorable. What an interactive way and fun way for kids to learn too. It's not just sitting in a lecture, you know? It's oh, I just love that. I want to get it for my future kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and I we enjoy doing it and I enjoy like sharing the stories, but it is totally like a God thing and I think that he's allowing me to create a place for it. And 
I get every time I know everyone says like, you know, every time you buy from a small business, somebody does a happy dance. It's true. Yeah. No, it really is true. It's yeah. true. Trust <laughs> me. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. And, but to think that like, I didn't think people cared much about history. I didn't think people cared much about black history. Then I didn't think people cared much about black women's history. And so to see that people care, they want to learn more. Um, it, it's the the greatest, like, I feel like gift that God gave me other than Jesus, of course. Let's yeah. not leave him out. That's but. a shoe in, but <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm so inspired. And I think what, a, what stuck out to me most is, about your story and about the women that you highlight through resilient grace. And, um, is, is they say yes. Um, like you said yes to so many random things along the way that eventually connected you to where you are today. Like the youth group saying you could be a videographer, (laughs) um, being a life group leader, saying yes to your history teacher and wanting to learn more. I, I, I see that you didn't have all the answers, but what you were willing to do was step into the next thing, the next small thing. And same with these women that you highlight, like that little girl, she just said yes to going to school. It's something so simple, but it changed history. And, and so I want our listeners to hear that is like, just say yes to the next thing that you feel tugged to, to do. It might not be the end all be all, but it might get you to, to your final destination. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I commend you so much for like that story had so many twists and turns and all these things and all the, you just made so many like intentional, distinct decisions throughout the way, but you knew that God was leading you and you just kind of let it all happen. Like right down to, Oh, I don't have to pay as many student loans. I might as well invest in myself and take a class. Like most people will be like, oh, I'm going to take this opportunity to go buy a designer bag or something. No, I'd be an anthro. I'd be an anthropology. (laughs) (laughs) Like that just speaks so much to your character and your faith and resilience. I mean, pun intended. So that is such a great story. And I am sure everyone is going to be extremely inspired by it. So thank you. We are going to wrap up by answering having you answer our four questions that we typically ask all of our guests. Again, you don't have to think super hard on them. They're just kind of rapid fire. We'll get to know you a little bit better. So first question is what is something that you're currently binging or obsessed with? It could be a show or a book, a podcast, a food, anything. Okay. Don't judge me, y'all. But I am currently binge watching this cartoon. Um, do y'all remember As Told by Ginger? Yeah. Yes. Not only oh do gosh. I remember it, but do you remember the the little seal girl dance? I was just gonna say I memorized, memorized, memorized it. Memorized it. Living in, in a real world. And it's so hard to get by. Yes. It's on Paramount. <laughs> plus or whatever and I just randomly was talking to my mom about how we're all the good cartoons like I don't feel like we're really getting the good cartoons today yeah oh my god really we really hit jackpot in our generation of cartoons like as told by ginger recess uh rocket power yes rocket pepper and pepper and pepper and she's too cool for seventh grade my um 
one of my best friends, there's, there's, they're still in my life. But when that show was out, her mom used to say, Catherine, Catherine, she's too cool for seventh grade. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love that. That's amazing. And that's definitely a first. And thank you for bringing that up because yes. that's amazing. Yeah. And the fact that we remembered the, as told by Ginger song is, is also amazing. Oh, never forget that one. Um, okay. Our second question is what is something that you're really excited for in 2021? Ooh, I'm excited to travel again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And to feel safer doing it. Like mm-hmm. I haven't, I got to go on some really cool trips right before the pandemic hit and I haven't been anywhere since. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be weird. Although I've heard that a lot of people who traveled throughout it said it was like actually really nice. <laughs> Like, like it was, I mean, I'm sure everyone still had their reservations, but they said it was like, I don't know, you traveled, Catherine. I haven't been on a plane since 2019, but it was like cleaner and like so much less crowded and like less wait times and everything. So, but I feel like it's starting to get back to normal, to normal. It's back to normal now, but you definitely feel like it's back to normal as, as far as amount of people, but you definitely feel it feels cleaner in the way that they prep and like give you hand wipes and make sure everyone's wearing their masks and all that. So yeah, yeah. it'll be, it'll be freeing once um, it's just like a normal thing again, for sure. Yeah. All right. Our third question is what is something that you love about yourself? Um, I love that even when I'm really scared, I know I can push myself to do it afraid. Mm. Yeah, write that one down too. That's clear. <laughs> That's very clear in your story. So, which I want to make clear, I am scared ninety nine percent. We all are. We're just yeah. we just do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it scared. Um, okay. Our final question is: If you could leave women with one little piece of truth, nugget of wisdom today, what would that be? I would say pay attention to what excites you and what makes you mad. And I say that the same as kind of what we've been talking about with the holy discontent that I feel like the question we all ask is what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And if you haven't experienced a purpose zone where it's just like you're in something and you're like, okay, I could do this for the rest of my life. I think the quickest way to figure it out is like, what do you love to do? And what is something that angers you that you wish you could change? Yeah. Instead of thinking that like, well, that's too big. I could never change it. Like just start and watch what God does with it. That's so good. That's so good. We've never heard that before. I love that so much. Yeah. That's such a good starting point for anyone who might feel stuck in that. I've talked to several women lately who feel like that, where they're like, I don't know. I like, I have all these different interests and I know that I'm not content where I am now, but I don't know what to do next. And that's such a good, like homework assignment to <laughs> just be like, well, what makes you mad? I know. And it could be as simple as like, I don't, I don't like to be like messy. Like that could be somebody's thing. Well, it's like, okay, well maybe you are supposed to help people like me who really struggle with organization. We, yeah. we need you to step into your gifts. Like, yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing story. 
I'm sure our listeners are going to want to follow along with your, your women Wednesdays now. So tell everyone where they can find you and where the best place to connect is. So you can find me on Instagram at shop resilient grace, and you can find me on my website, shopresiliengrace.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Kyra. Thank you listeners. Thank y'all. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.